RBC Heritage. Preview, top plays, core plays, first look build, course history, top stat fits, top specialist, and top in recent form. Let's break it down for you. We have the RBC Heritage, which to me is one of my favorite courses on the PGA Tour. So I'm excited to see it be an elevated field event. The weird thing is that we have a better field than what we had last week for major. And that's kind of the weird issue really with these elevated field events is that we are getting better fields than everyone's favorite major. And it's just weird. But the RBC Heritage is going to be a fun tournament. Uh, just a quick recap on last week's kind of strategy. So last week was another profitable week that makes nine straight weeks. Now, the only issue with last week was that for the first time in nine straight weeks, I did not give out GPP winning advice and kind of how I'm measuring that is one, the player pool, the player pool has been fantastic. Really this whole season has been easily, you guys know, this. you guys know, it. easily the best season thus far in fantasy golf, highly predictable thus far. But I look at the GPP winning lineup and actually using the player pool, you could have ended up on that GPP winning lineup like done a better lineup than that, but not option. Like you wouldn't have been able to do it. The last previous eight weeks, you would have been able to do that. But here's this take. And guys, what is up with this love? Six likes, like what is going on? Been dominating thus far this season. Get those likes up. Uh, but gave out this take for John Rahm, first round lead and when hopefully some people took advantage of that. So hit that. And, you know, I always preach the process. Fantasy golf is a process. You make the correct decisions week in and week out. You're going to be rewarded in the long term. And obviously that's worked out thus far this season. And I talk about that. And I always give kind of these sample builds as well. Um, even though the player pool, like we had Corey Connors and miscut, that is a play that you just always make. You know, a stellar play that is clearly mispriced. I decided a while back that I'm going to lock in that top 10. Maybe it misses the cut, but it's not going to hurt you. You just always play the correct plays. Let the other people out there make the wrong decisions. And even Rory, like unfortunate there, but you go through the lineup process, you end up on Sanjay, Connors, uh, Xander, Finau, maybe Cantlay, Hovland, maybe Day, maybe Hideki, and you wind up with a profitable lineup. And so just another solid week. Way, very close to not being a good week though. Let's make that clear because Sanjay M had a par putt on 18, a five foot par putt that he ended up sinking. If he misses that, it's not a good week, but still streak continues. Hopefully you guys have been able to take advantage of that. Now let's go ahead and get into the RBC heritage. We can see last year and guys, this shot still lives in my head. Like I, I mentioned it last week, Shane Lowry's bunker shot. Should have won. Should have won last year. Seb Straka had a terrible shot <laughs> as well going into the 18th hole. Like Jordan Speed, sure, he won it, but he was also gifted that, that victory last year. But as we can see, a lot of pretty decent players on the top end, you know, playing well. This is a fun tournament, fun course, and hopefully we should be able to get some good results. So getting into the course overview here, we can see... We got Pete Dye course design, and it is weird. Like, I marked it as a Parkland-style course, but it's kind of got everything, and that's why I like this course. It's got a little bit of TPC in it, a little bit of Park, a lot of Parkland, little links e, you know, um, little seaside-y, but primarily Parkland. But that's kind of the fun part about this course. It is a shorter track. It's a track that really makes you think about each shot, bunch of water hazards in play. It's just a fun course. I'm excited for this. But because, like, anyone can really go out and produce well, uh, the winning stats are kind of skewed, I would say. Um, Strohskin approach, you know, typically speaking every single week, that should be one of the key stats. We just know that now. Um, you know, maybe potentially good drive percentage. Pretty to bogey ratio is going to be key, though. Okay, and in this field, we are getting a high quality of player with the elevated field. Maybe these key stats are going to be a little bit differently 
different this week than they have been in the past because of that. I could see that happening. So let's go ahead and just look at which golfers had the best course history. So here we go. We're going to get into course history. Cameron Young finished third last year. So obviously he's popping in as the best course history. But let's look at those golfers that have more than two starts. Cam Davis, third and 25th. Uh, EVR, 10th and 21st. Matt Kuchar. He's going to be an interesting name because he has been playing well. And if you kind of want to talk about like game theory a little bit um, or just golf theory, I guess, the Masters is a grind. You know, it's a shot by shot grind. Uh, maybe some of these players that didn't play last week are going to be players that we're looking at. Maybe like Ricky Fowler, we actually elevate a little bit. Uh, but Matt Kuchar, you know, strong course history. Third, 18th, 41st, second. Good stuff there. Uh, Ryan Palmer, 8th and 28th. Go down to Webb Simpson, who's had really strong course history. 59th, 9th, 1st, 16th. Uh, Terrell Hatton, he's going to be an interesting name at that price. Take 26th, 39th, 3rd. Uh, JT, finally folded, but he didn't play on the weekend, and he didn't have to really play through a majority of that kind of bad weather. And isn't that interesting? There's a lot of talk about the weather wave and yeah, sure. Like data wise, it is suggested that there was a tea time advantage, but at the same time, DFS wise, there wasn't like, if you played the weather advantage, you probably ended up on more Rory and more Corey Connors, which were the correct plays, but it probably ended up hurting you more than it helped you. So like just trying to make the best build possible rewards you more. So just, it's kind of interesting how in one way or another, the weather wave never seems to work out uh, very rarely. Just always strange there. And because we don't know like what's going to happen with delays and whatnot or what the tournaments are going to decide to do. Uh, looking at Joel Damon, good course history, 12th, 48th, 16th. Uh, Shane Lowry should have won last year. Worst bunker shot ever besides Bo Hosler last year. Third, ninth, miscut third. Okay, I think he's going to be a popular pick for a lot of people. JT Poston, third, miscut, eighth, sixth. <laughs> like high upside finishes from those two. Maverick McNeely, 26th, fourth, 58th. You know, early on the season, everyone loved him. Matthew Naismith, we know kind of the story with him. This is where he got engaged to his now wife. Okay, this was a while ago, but we can kind of see the course history has been paying off for Matthew Naismith, 12th, 48th, 33rd. And if we look at it, it does have those South Carolina ties as well. He's just been playing, you know, terribly, not exactly someone we're going to be ending up on. Seb Straka, you know, the lowest priced player that we could end up on last week. Kyle Morikawa maybe finding some form. Doug Gim. Cordy Connors. I think Cordy Connors is a great bounce back candidate. Um, It's funny. Like, I feel like if the weather delay actually occurs during, I don't know. I, it's weird. Like his par five shot, he went for the green on the par five. I think he was plus two at the time. But if he like he just misses getting over the green, ends up in the goal, he has to take a drop and hits the worst wedge shot really probably thus far the season for him uh, and just ends his tournament. You know, if he lays up there, if he knows that the cut might fall to plus three, he might play that a little bit more conservatively. Or if it was in the other weather wave, he probably doesn't go for the green and then doesn't have the a terrible collapse. You know, mentally you saw after that terrible after really after he hit the ball in the water that he was just done. So that's my long way of saying I think he's going to be a great bounce back candidate this week. I'm really hoping that last week's results really bring down his ownership because 12th, 4th, 21st, you know, I like that. And I do think there could be something to these golfers that really didn't have to play that mental grind, that physical grind as well. That was the Masters thus last year. But there's a lot of golfers with some good results here. So the unique part about this week is that there are going to be a lot of golfers coming in with great recent form. It's an elevated field event. We are going to get a lot of stud golfers. And look who's popping up into the top five in recent form. Ricky Fowler. Once again, we got a better field this week than we did last week, which is just crazy. Uh, Sky Scheffler, obviously great form for him. Really was terrible putting the ball last week and still finished top 10. Rom, you know, been a little bit hit or miss, but obviously when he's on, he is on. Two wins over his past five starts. Max Homa really has just struggled at the Masters. Probably just not a course for him now. I think we got a big enough sample size. 
besides that, has been playing some great golf. Victor Hovland popping up in there. Ricky Fowler just been a top 20 machine. Xander popping up in there. Tony Finau. And it's going to be tight, guys. There's so many golfers playing some great golf. Uh, we can see that the list is going to go on and on and on. Cameron Young over the past five, ranking out top 10 there. Over the past 15, top eight there. So just so many good golfers. Wow. Sam Ryder popping up in there as well. A little bit shocking there. So that's the thing. We got a lot of golfers coming in with some great form. And then let's just go ahead and look at the specialists for this week. Really no shocks here. All the players that you would think would be good specialists for a course like this are really popping up in there. The only thing that might change is going to be weather. I uh, might have to adjust that. But what I find interesting is let's just go ahead and look at a very interesting point, data point, water hazard. Obviously, there are going to be a lot of water hazards in play this week. So let's just go ahead and look at average score. This is what this is looking at or average finishing position on courses that have many water hazards okay and maybe this is a stat that we can use as a 50 50 decision maker here because it is definitely very interesting there maybe Wyndham Clark someone that we end up on Taylor Moore's been playing well I mean there's no real shocks here let's actually go ahead and look at the opposite of this which players struggle in these type of events and the thing is they are golfers that are just not that good at golfers at the moment so really no shocks there. Uh, maybe Nick Taylor would be someone we'd look at, but probably not tossing him in there. Maybe Matt Kuchar, maybe Thomas Dietrich, but we have seen these guys have good results. And that's why that's a very good example of why you don't just look at one of these stats. A lot of times people just look at like green stats. No, it's a, put all the specialist data into one. That way we get a good indication of which players we should actually be on. And then just real quickly, who are the top stat fits? Well, surprise, surprise, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Patrick Cantlay, Max Homa, no shocks there. And so what I'm looking at, strokes gained total, as always. Like, we're, that's always a key stat, right? Uh, effective scoring, which is that 9 to 5 stat, which really measures both upside and safety. Uh, strokes gained differential, just given this tournament, given the fact that it's going to be the best field that it's had thus far, I do want to still be looking at that. And strokes gained to the green. Like, this is very much a course in which I would say it'd be a mistake to draw in on any specific stat. Now, a good drive percentage, maybe. Ball striking, yes birdie to bogey ratio. That's all stuff I'm looking at as well. So now let's go ahead and get to the top plays in the high tier. So last week I said many times, if Sky Scheffler is coming in higher own than John Rahm, and if Roy McIlroy is coming in higher own than John Rahm by a decent margin, then we're getting in on John Rahm more and more. Obviously that paid off. Now I'm not exactly saying we're going to have to do that this week, but I will say if one of these two are going to be higher owned than the other, then we want to be on the other one. I don't see that happening. I would say these two players are going to be the top players in the field. And the data says that as well. They're one and two in the, the model, obviously. Okay. The only issue with these two is that they don't have much course history. John Robin only has one start here in the past four years and he finished 33rd. That was three years ago. Okay. So that's kind of the worry. Then we look at Jordan. Yeah. Jordan had the victory here last year, but once again, he kind of fell into that victory. Sure. You could say, you know, 76 and 66, you know, probably that should be a little bit tighter than it was. And he could, you know, he's been playing some good golf. Ninth best recent form in the field. Uh, ninth best specialist. Like, he could go out and win this weekend. would be shocking. At the same time, I don't know. I just, I struggled to see that happening. I think, like, Patrick Cantlay, who is getting a bunch of hate on, really, the golf world, um, simply because he wanted to play well at the Masters. He was putting terribly. And you could argue that both Patrick Cantlay and Sky Scheffler putted themselves out of winning the Masters. Could not make a putt. I think I saw... Patrick Hanley missed like seven putts within five feet in the final round. It was just terrible. And that's why he shot 75. 
there were not good vibes going between that Hovland and Cantlay group. There just weren't. Uh, but Patrick Cantlay at this tournament, second, miscut, and third. So when he's been on, he has been on. And this is a course that fits him very well. Now, he's coming in as a high price point play. But he's the fourth best pick in the 9-5 model. Really, the only worry is that one miscut that he had at this tournament two years ago. Besides that, seventh best stat fit, second best stat fit, and eighth best recent form in the field. Cantlay is going to be one of those players that maybe price point wise is a little bit more difficult to get to uh, because I do think we could do a very solid fair and balance lineup, but he is a play that does make a lot of sense. And then Victor Hovland. It's funny, like... <sighs> The week went exactly kind of how I expected for Victor Hovland. He was one of the most mispriced players, a very top-notch play. Um, but, like, I was never, like, he's going to win this, you know? <laughs> never thought that. Uh, but Victor Hovland, 21st place finish at this event three years ago. That's his only course history. Besides that, he's coming in top 10 or better in three out of the four, you know, key metrics, key stats I'm looking at. And metrics-wise, we look at specialist ranking, third. We look at course history, ninth. We look at stat fit, top five. And we look at recent form, top five. Overall, he's the third best pick in the 9-5 model this week. Just to echo again, guys, the 9-5 model is very much looking at both safety and upside. So that's why a golfer like Victor Hubland, who has now made 14 straight made cuts in a row, is going to be getting a lot of love. And man, does it feel like it is Cameron Young's week to win. And if you want to pull in the, the caddy narrative... His caddy, Paul Tesori, also won at this tournament over the past four years with Webb Simpson when he was on the bag for Webb Simpson. So we're pulling that in as well. But he had a third place finish at this tournament last year. Obviously had a great Masters finish, finishing seventh. Uh, had a good opening round. You know, really looked sharp for the most part. Players Championship, oh well. But obviously, Dell Technologies Match Play Tournament, second place finish there. Just some great golf. So three top 10 finishes over his past four starts on the PGA Tour. Like to see that. He's a top 10 specialist, has made 14 straight cuts in a row now. 13th best at fit, coming in as a top five pick in the 9-5 mile. He is going to be someone that I think we're just going to be looking at a lot this week. I'm assuming he's a popular outright bet because it's just, man, he's due, right? He is just due for a victory. I could definitely see that coming together this week for victory for Cameron Young. And then from there, you guys know I love Love me some Xander Shawflay. Tony Finau is coming in as a top six pick as well. The issue with this week is that I do kind of want to be chasing these guys that have good course history. And it's not like they have bad course history. They made the cut. But, you know, I do think familiarity will be a beneficial thing for some of these golfers so maybe that's like a 50 50 decision maker and so i do find it tough to end up on some of these guys so let's go ahead and get into the mid-tier so mid-tier wise i do think justin thomas just makes too much sense this week uh he didn't have the mental grind of last week of the third and fourth round that could be very beneficial this week course history wise 35th and 8th okay he has been struggling he's been very hit or miss very evident there but you can't tell me after a an event like that where he really struggled that he's not going to be more motivated to play well. I saw some graphic on ESPN that said like at the start of his round, he had like a 99% chance to make the cut in round two and then missed the cut. He is coming in as a top 15 play still. So this is a very cheap price tag for a guy that I think we should be going out of our way to play. Then we also look at another play that I think is very just like a standout play, like easy to see why he's a good play. We got Sanjay M. Now, Sanjay M in his first two starts at this tournament had two straight missed cuts. Then from there, since then, he's went 13th two years ago and then 21st place finish last year. Obviously had himself a great masters because he barely made the cut, but then he finished 16th. So we'll take that. Overall, he, he is just a golfer that is always checking all the boxes, really. Not a bad staff fit. Top 10 in the field, staff fit wise, specialist wise, top five. 
recent form wise top 12 like he is just too mispriced and i get it like he's kind of priced this way because you worry about his upside and whatnot but kind of an easier play i would say in cash lineups now maybe you're worried about him potentially missing a cut just due for a miscut i could see that but at the same time it's just kind of the correct decision at that price tag and we have a bunch of really just interesting plays sam burns G- gpp play we know that tom kim we could argue is a gpp play matt fitzpatrick super frustrating honestly to see him play well last week because now i'm like what do we do with him in the upcoming majors okay he has been someone that has been vocal about you know potentially being a little bit banged up and now coming in with that 10th place finish last week it's like come on now what do we do what do we do with you Fitzpatrick I don't know honestly I don't know because I'd rather play the other guys that are priced below him this week Shane Lowry Shane Lowry's last few starts you know okay I guess we'll take those encouraging to see that opening round that he had it's the course history here third ninth miscut third now he was a much better play coming into this event last year than he is this year uh but considering the price tag he is definitely an interesting play coming in as a top 15 pick in the nine to five model but i will say like terrell Haddon is also very interesting he definitely burned a bunch of people uh really at the dow technologies match play tournament he said that his wrist wasn't really hurting him after the first day at the dell technologies match play tournament tough to say if it was or, or, or wasn't Missed a cut the Valero Texas Open, and then he had an uh, okay Masters. Made the cut. Prior to that, he had some good results. We look at the course history here, 26th, 39th, 3rd. So Haddon is definitely an interesting play. But do we have to play him? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like it's, uh, it's definitely a week in which seems more studs and dudsy because I would say there's just uncertainty in this range. These are all really good GPP plays not really safe cash plays so let's go ahead and get down into that mid-tier price point tier low tier price point tier apologies so yeah Corey connors is going to be someone to me that's going to be very difficult not to like this week you know miss the cut at the masters oh well maybe he's just putting putting too much pressure on himself to produce in these higher caliber tournaments this season terrible start at the players terrible start at the masters but for the most part has been producing some really great results thus far this season when he does make the cut and so i do think you know he does get maybe a little edge by missing the cut last week and he's gonna be like ready to go of course history wise 12th 4th 21st and missed cut so three out of the past four years three made cuts recent form is a little bit hit or miss we don't love that so coming in in the 45th best recent form in the field so not great there but still ranks out top 22 in the field so Maybe not a cash play once again, but is a play that does make sense in GPPs. What I hate is that someone like Matt Kuchar is really kind of standing out as a play this week. Now, maybe if you guys are just looking at the DraftKings results here, he might not be because we see, you know, two miscuts over his past three starts. But if we pull in the Dell Technologies match play tournament, it's kind of a different story because then we see third, ninth, two bad starts, an eighth. So we have seen that upside from Matt Kuchar when he's on. And now looking at the course history, it is spectacular. Third, 18th, 41st, second. You know, he is someone given that upside, given that strong course history, going to be tough not to love as a play this week. Now, yes, not the best staff fit, not in the best recent form, but considering the price point, he's a play that does make a lot of sense this week. The question is, do you trust Kuchar this week? I don't know. I am for now. That's subject to change. Now, what I found interesting is i thought ricky fowler would be like an elite play someone we'd be going out of our way to play now his course history here has been terrible two terrible missed cuts in a row now i would argue that ricky was a different golfer then much better golfer now and we can say that with the recent form but that's kind of the interesting part about this week we have a lot of great gpp plays kind of a lack of cash plays as it sits right now we're going to progress throughout this video we'll find some more but like ricky great staff fit 
Top 15 in the field, specialist-wise, 36th in the field. Course history, 105th in the field. So that is definitely the worry. But at the same time, you would expect him to play well at a tournament like this. Very cheap price tag for someone that's coming in in top five in recent form, right? Like that is highly intriguing there. But can we play him in cash? I, I don't know. Definitely going to be in GPPs. Definitely want him if you're max entering. Siwoo Kim's made four straight cuts in a row. No really elite results at this tournament. Wyndham Clark, an extremely interesting play as well. He's had time to think about his choke job at the Corrales, but also time to digest that and also kind of just let it go. Course history-wise, 35th, 64th, 64th, 50th fourth so very just an interesting play there like only one really good start at this tournament in the past four years but also made the cut here in the past four years four straight times uh you know been playing some very solid golf sixth fifth 27th i mean those are some great results he's someone kind of given the price tag i do think we can end up on and i don't think many people are going to be excited to click on him now once again my model is very much concentrated on both safety and upside so when a guy has made four straight cuts at a tournament and also hasn't had a missed cut in forever he's gonna be ranking out really well and when you look at Wyndham Clark, top 15 specialist, top 15 stat fit, top 15 in recent form rank. He's coming in top 15 in the 9 and 5 model this week. So considering that, I do think he's going to be difficult to pass up on as a play this week. Uh, it does feel ugly, but also I feel like he's going to be lower owned than he should be. Then we go lower. There's a bunch of like interesting names kind of given the field and players that we could definitely try to end up on. But I do think like Poston does make just too much sense, especially considering the price tag. My worry is that he's going to be chalk. So JT Poston has now made three straight cuts in a row, finishing 34th, 9th, and 10th. Once, once again, DraftKings doesn't have that Dow Technologies match play tournament in there. Uh, looking at the course history, third miscut, eighth, sixth. So when he has played well at this tournament, he has played extremely well. And given the fact that he has two top tens over his past three starts as well, that's intriguing to me. So yes, the form prior to that, a little bit more hit or miss, but we have seen some upside finishes from him. He is someone that... You know, I think long shot wise, outright wise does make a lot of sense considering the price tag, considering the nature of the slate that we might be wanting to go more of a studs and duds approach. I think JT Poston does make a lot of sense this week. Then from there, like Matt Wallace, definitely an interesting click as well. Obviously coming in with some pretty strong form. 28th, 1st, 7th, course history wise, 18th, 64th and miscut. Um, just more of a shoulder shrug play. I feel like if you're closing out your builds and you end up on them, you're fine with it. Yeah, Seb Straka, he uh, definitely made an interesting decision at this tournament last year on the 18th hole um kind of felt like he he uh kind of gave it away but he is someone now that has made three straight cuts in a row course history wise third last year 59 33rd you know it wouldn't be shocking to see him have a good week much more of a, a shoulder shrug play as well i know ryan fox is right there as well you know i i wouldn't mind him as a play honestly it does seem like this start at the valero texas open was him literally just looking ahead a week to Augusta because prior to that had had some really good start. He is someone that is coming in top 25 in the nine to five mile as well, because he's just been a cut maker for the most part. I think Ben Martin at this price point is extremely interesting as well. 10th, 8th, 45th, 54th, 5th, 13th like where are we getting like that strong a recent form especially over the past five starts like that's really good now he only ranks 60th in the 95 mile because he's doesn't have the best course history and he's not the best specialist 120th specialist range so maybe that skews him as a play a little bit uh course history wise 59th and miscut but you know he is someone that just like ricky if you want to get some exposure to him in gpps given that recent form i'd be fine with it and then lastly we also have justin saw here he has been playing some good golf 45th 6th 24th 5th 40th really decent results there from him and i feel like 
getting him at this price point is a steal. Now, we also have Sam Stevens down there, who <laughs> the broadcasters love him. Literally the most talked about guy that you probably never heard of if you're a casual fan. Second, third, or past two starts, miscut, really just one bad round there, 15th. And then if you look at the Honda Classic, one bad round there as well. You look at 18T Pebble Beach Prime, one bad round. So he's been someone that lately has been able to not have that bad round. And so if he doesn't have a bad round here, also a very interesting price point play. Like there's so many drawn GPP plays, logical GPP plays, and there's just a lack of cash plays that are really priced below 9K and lower. And so maybe it is more of a week in which we do GPPs. All right, now getting into that value tier. I do think right off the bat, Ben Griffin is going to be an interesting click. You know, missed the cut at the Valero. He was long overdue for a missed cut. And so had the week off, you know, mentally should be refreshed for the most part, just playing great golf. We can see on the season 13 out of 16 made cuts. Uh, definitely an interesting play at 6.9. Joel Damon seems to have a comfort at this tournament. Now he hasn't been playing well recently, and that's the biggest worry. Uh, but course history wise, 12th, 48th, 16th. So maybe there's something there. Uh, has been finding ways to make cuts as well, even though he hasn't been playing well uh, recently. And really it comes down to since the start of the new year maybe even maybe it's the netflix documentary i don't know because prior to that had been playing great golf and now lately just isn't there now nick taylor is another one of those golfers that has some pretty good form for the most part i mean look at his last three starts they've been pretty solid 15th 31st 10th once again they're not including the dell technologies match play tournament bad start at the players and that's kind of my worry obviously pete died of course designed there um that's why his price is low but we just are not getting any like elite plays down this low we're just not maybe you can look at tyler duncan who you know has been producing some okay results we see a third 54th miscut third 58th like if we're hoping for a make cut i guess uh course history wise 12th 10th 28th 100th and i'm actually kind of curious let's go to the specialist here let's see if any of these guys are ranking out as good like short course specialists as well because that's another thing we could definitely look at like water hazards in play and maybe short course specialists so it's gonna be length Wyndham clark's popping up in there okay tagala andrew putnam he's someone that hasn't popped up just yet yeah let's look at andrew putnam <laughs> now probably not touching him in terrible course history yeah no we're not touching andrew putnam and it's weird like this week given the amount of quality options that we have it's almost makes it more difficult michael thompson you know he has good course history miscut last year and then 42nd 8th and 10th been playing better golf recently you know lucas glover i feel like if i remember correctly i feel like he got too much hype at the valero for some reason um now this week he kind of makes more logical sense i would say three straight may cuts now not not great finishes but also three straight may cuts at this tournament uh really a terrible play but someone you could end up on scott piercy is another play like you know course history wise 12th 62nd miscut third has had some okay starts recently like okay play matthew naismith i mentioned you know the course history ties but like do you really want to end up on him it, it gets ugly maybe you find yourself on someone like peter malnati who also very ugly three out of four made cuts at this tournament zach johnson has been finding ways to grind out made cuts missed two cuts at this tournament and also has a top 20 finish over the past four years so maybe someone you're looking at you know i'm trying to find find plays here and it's it's a struggle i don't know if you guys follow troy Merritt on uh, twitter at all but there's been random people like calling him out on twitter maybe that's going to be extra motivation for him he's a guy that does have good course history 12th miscut i shouldn't say good and some good results 12th miscut 70th 10th and it wouldn't be shocking to see him have a good week and maybe that whole twitter stuff that's going on maybe that gives him a little bit of extra motivation to play well but yeah that's really it guys like holy it's a rough week it is a rough 
rough week in a, in a cash scenario. Like GPP wise, there's a ton of routes that we can go. So let's go ahead and get into the core plays. I'm kind of going to double dip the chip here. I feel like, don't get me wrong, like John Rom, Sky Scheffler, both players you can end up on. For me, I feel like a core play is someone you, you can easily go out of your way to play. And so for me, I kind of feel like it's both Victor Hovland and also Cameron Young. I expect Victor Hovland to be able to go out and play well at a tournament like this. Are we expecting winning upside? You know, maybe the upside for around a winning finish, but I just, I don't see him winning an event like this. Like it's too good of a field. And I just, I don't know if he has mental fortitude to win an event like this. But at the same time, I do think we're going to get re good results from him. Third best specialist in the field, top 10 in course history rank, but that's with one start uh, two years ago. Top five staff fit, top three pick in the 95 mile. It's going to be tough to avoid him. And then also Cameron Young. You know, it just feels like it's coming together for him. Now he has had really two straight events now in, that were just mental grinds, physical grinds as well. Dell Technologies match play tournament. And then also the Masters. You know, he was firmly in contention. Didn't convert both those weeks, but this feels like if he brings his game that he has been bringing the last two weeks, he's going to find himself obviously in contention again, but I feel like he would get it done this week. Third place finish at this course last year just feels like this is the week in which everything comes together. So I might be finding myself more on Cameron Young. And then from there, like I typically don't like to make a guy that has two missed cuts over the past four years at core play, but with Sun Jam, I do like the fact that he was able to make the cut in his last two starts here. And there are good finishes 21st and 13th. And if we look across the board, it's those two starts that are really the worry with him. Other than that, just a spectacular play top five special top 12 in recent form, top 10 specialist, top 10 play in the 95 mile. Given the price point, he does seem like a safe play that should be able to make the cut. And now once again, I do not like to make a core play a core play when really it's kind of my three rules of three and 30. I want to see at least three make cuts at the tournament over the past four years. I want to see at least three make cuts on the PGA Tour in a row. And I want there to be at least a top 30 finish. So with Matt Kuchar, it's much more of a risk reward type play. Like we have seen the upside finishes be there for him. Third, ninth, two missed cuts, eighth, which is just weird. Uh, course history wise though, he's been spectacular here. Okay. So I do expect him to have a good week. And just at this price point, it does seem to be a little bit too cheap. And then another play that's, you know, just kind of standing out specialist wise, 13th best specialist in the field. One of the best short track specialists in the field. Uh, course history wise, it is a little bit worrisome. Four straight made cuts, but really no good finishes. 35th. Once again, I want to see at least a top 30 place finish in there, but it's the recent form that I like. Over his past six starts, he has three top 10 finishes and his worst finish over those past six starts is 33rd. You know, just coming in as a very strong price point play. You know, if he misses the cut, I'm willing to accept that kind of, it's a little bit different this week because we do have some really good recent form plays that, you know, are a little bit risk reward. I do think Ricky's just going to go out and have a great week this week. So where I might not make Ricky a core play, he's definitely going to be an outright bet for me. And he's going to be someone that is going to be a high exposure play, just simply too cheap. And then JT Poston as well. Not exactly someone that's going to rank out well this week. It's more or less, we are chasing those last three starts, 34th, 9th, and 10th. And then also love the fact that he does have some good course history, 38th, miscut, 8th, and six, three top 10 finishes here in the last four years. Given the fact that it seems like he might've found some form, he's going to be a player that I'm going to be clicking on this week. And so this is an interesting thing with the builds this week is that I feel like these four plays are kind of, you know, we can end up on them, but if we're trying to pay up for Hovland and Cameron Young, it does make the build process a little bit more difficult because I don't know if I exactly want to end up on, you know, one of these players. So I do think JT is going to make the cut. I feel like he's a strong price point play. So because of that, I feel like Victor Hovland or Cameron Young, we could easily end up on. Let's just go ahead and click in Victor Hovland there. 
And I feel pretty good about the build process that we had going for this tournament. And let's just go ahead and put that into the nine to five uh, lineup tool, just so you guys can get that preview. And if you would have told me that at the beginning of this video, this would be my first like build, I probably would have laughed at you. Like I did, I honestly did not see this coming, but at the same time, it's one that makes logical sense. Good stat fits. Uh, recent form could be a little bit better. That's the biggest worry. Strong course history, uh, specialist wise, you know, pretty strong there as well. Now this could very much be a week in which my line process does change more dramatically than it does each and every week. Uh, for the most part, it's pretty narrowed down by the time I come out with this video. This could be a little bit different this week. And then before we get out of here, just to remind you guys that the 9to5 membership is only $10 a month. Best value in fantasy golf. Gives you guys access to the 9to5 write-up. And if you literally have just been playing the sample build thus far this season, you are having a good week. I'm not saying do that or having a good season. I'm not saying do that, but I'm saying use that as a tool. It's very thought out. It's not going to cash every week, but has has been pretty good thus far this season, including that as the player pool, stat model exposures, obviously get access to all the tools, the lineup optimizer, the custom model, the specialist page, the ownership projections, the showdown picks. Also including that is going to be the PGA cheat sheet as well um, for prize picks. And we also have the prize picks content in there as well. So, or tools, not content. Lots of great stuff there. Make sure to be checking that out. All right, that's all I have for this video. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you did, please give a like and subscribe. Let's have a good slate. And as always, let's keep cashing. I, th guys, I don't like, it's got to come to a stop this week, right? Like, whoo it's been a good streak. Hopefully been able to take advantage of that. We'll see, but let's keep cash.